1: Pitchfork Review. I'm Pooja Patel, the editor-in-chief. Back in March, I sat down with the indie supergroup of the year, Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus, also known as Boy Genius. Between lots of laughter and a few emotional moments, we talked about the making of their debut album, how they hold each other up as friends and collaborators, and why the idea of sad girl indie rock is pretty much bullshit. Since then, The Boys, as they're known, appeared in Pitchfork's annual Best Tracks and Best Albums list, and they were nominated for five Grammys. Here's an encore presentation of one of our favorite episodes of the year. Enjoy. This is the Pitchfork Review. I'm Pooja Patel, the Editor-in-Chief. And today, I've got some very special guests in the studio. It is the dudes of Boy Genius. Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus are songwriters and musicians whose individual releases have been some of our favorite over the past decade. In 2018, they brought their distinct musical styles together to release a self-titled EP, which we gave Best New Music. The album took on themes of vulnerability, heartache, and confronting grief, and it only left fans wanting more. And now they're releasing a new album called The Record. I am so excited that you're here. I wanted to start with something that I know that we have thought a lot about collectively, which is our astrological signs and what they tell us about ourselves. Do we all know our suns, risings, and moons? Um, <laughs> yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Phoebe, let's start with you. What are your signs? You're like skinny. I, 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 I don't even yours. really know mine. <laughs> but I- You're a Leo sun. Yeah.
0: Pisces rising. Capricorn moon? Yes. Hell ah. yeah.
2: I don't know the most about Cap. I described you to someone the other day as like, you're the guy walking down the four chess games going on at once and making a move and also thinking about like, I feel like I'm watching you consider, like, three things at once sometimes when we're all working together. I'm, That's like, nice. watching the gears turn, and it's, like, you're really in it all, like, focused and dedicated. It's really neat. Thank you, my man. Yeah. Lucy,
0: what's your sign? I'm a, I'm a Taurus sun, a Gemini moon, Sagittarius rising. I don't think I need use can a Gemini moon too. thing. I'll never know peace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gemini Moon does make a lot of sense for you. With Taurus Sun,
0: they're, like, completely at they're odds. completely at odds. But Gemini odds. Moon is, like, yeah, it's the the
3: the chaos. Actually, I love this for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you are burdened with the knowledge of what the chaos creates.
2: You're, like, seeing the whole chaos? So you
3: feel more responsible for... I know what I'm opting other- into. Yes,
2: it's like your inner yes. world is in turmoil, and your external world is very like balanced. You do, and she's like with- serenely smiling, yeah. saying thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and inside, yeah. it's
1: like teetering. inside is the dog
2: on fire. Julian, what's your sign? Mine's easy. Yeah, it's, tri- it's all on the surface. It's like there's no analytics. I'm triple Libra. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, I told you. I will talk never, about chaos. Wait, did I you ever will... look up your other your other placements? Oh, like Venus and like Mars and other stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Whatever. Aries. Don't you have and... a Libra Venus or something?
3: I do. We we talked about this. Yes, makes it's, total sense. I have slight. SNL addiction,
2: you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes.
3: SNL, SNL. I love SNL. No, sex and love addiction. No, <laughs> I was like, uh, don't you feel like interviewing Boy Genius is like one of those like, you know, those like balancing things where you push it and then it just kind
1: of like goes back,
0: <laughs> back and forth forever. Like, I was, like I was it'll just. Saying, just we yeah. haven't even started the yeah. interview. Yeah. but yes. this
1: is but this is revealing. Um, I also got into the astrology industrial complex (laughs) um, in like the thick of the pandemic, right? Like the forced solitude really allowed a lot of people to start being like, who am I? Who do I want (laughs) to be when this ends? I am struck by Phoebe, you emailing the others a week after Punisher came out. You know, you're like in the middle of this other big thing and sought out to very close friends and collaborators to be like, we need to be together in this period of time. Just having the slate cleared and
3: being like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. Um, And having it be my friends Mm -hmm. and also to make something again. I think since I finished the last song for Punisher, I hadn't written anything. And then Punisher came out and all I wanted to do was write and be close to my friends.
1: Now, having found time for each other, I think it was Emily, I'm Sorry, right, that first got sent over.
3: You
1: You know, it is special to be with your friends in a place, I mean, I don't want to say without distraction, but with fewer distractions, Were there things coming into the making of this record or when you decided to start making it that you felt had changed about one another, that you were, like, learning anew? Whether that be, like, creative tics or personality tics or just, like, how do you reform to work together after such a a big time has passed? And in in a strange global circumstance, you know? I think both of y'all are more
0: confident or were more confident than... EP recording
1: times. Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of like... I
1: mean, the circumstances of the EP was, were also completely different, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a tour came first and then the EP built around that.
3: Have we even talked about how terrified I was about Catch 'Em Idaho?
2: Because no. I don't
3: really write in the room ever. Uh-huh. I write over like a year and a half. And I could, I could finish 80% of a song and then the last 20% takes me the next year. Mm-hmm. That's just... How I always am. And so these guys were like, yeah, let's finish these ideas in these days, in these <laughs> songs, and we like that little folky thing and we'll finish it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? No, we won't. <laughs> and I didn't contribute anything towards the end, but trusted the process of it. I am next. That was like how I learned how to be in this dynamic, I think, Mm -hmm. is like I had never done anything with you guys before, had no idea how it was going to turn out. And Mm -hmm. it was just so fun to, yeah, just for my own creative process to be like, oh, it actually, it actually can happen. You actually can finish a song in two days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't
2: really write collaboratively with other people. I've tried to do the, like, I've tried to do writing room stuff and it never, I can't do, I'm in emails. Person, and it takes me also like a I year. I say I'm an emails
3: person so that I can leave the room and then I never email. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll do that later. Not nah. never. Um, I mean, it's it's funny that you, you mentioned Ketchum Idaho because I feel like Without You, Without Them is such a just like beautiful connective bridge into this record. I have listened to that song for what it's worth so many times and it like makes me tear up. Oh. Um how did you decide that this is a song that belonged in this group? Phoebe wanted something like blue velvet and we
0: talked about it for days and then I realized like oh I have the song that I wrote a couple years
3: ago and Cannot I sang not it. I imagine. I not just... imagine. <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like eh, like I always say when I put out a record, people talk about B-sides or whatever. I'm like, no, I wrote 10 songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what's on. Like I, I don't have any songs that the world hasn't heard really. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I have so many I, songs. That's insane. That I feel like yeah. are not even bad songs,
0: but I am not ready for the responsibility of having to share them and answer for them. Wow. Like, oh, man. I'm... That's for me. But you until finished, I get the guts. You
2: finished like your turnaround time on creatively processing into that space is faster than hours. Yes, so fast. But it's not turnaround time, is it? Because turnaround time is like I'm at DHL. It's like you are <laughs> able to, like, I need to go on a four hour walk and bring my one consolidated idea. I need to buffer longer. I need to buffer for a really long time. That's my Achilles. is I'm like this song could have been finished in three days but I'm waiting to follow through every possible option of like what if I swung it or what if I change this melody Mm -hmm. what if I switch these two verses around the option anxiety paralyzes me yeah
1: well let me ask this because I I think I read that there was like over double the number of songs that you had between you and you had to cut it down mm-hmm. to half of that and mm-hmm. uh, like how do you make a record 12 songs and you have 25 and are there things that you I don't know maybe had to come around to
2: yeah there were are just, ones I didn't want to leave that I was like no <laughs> I want this to be on the record Julian was
0: really defensive about a song that I wrote that I was like I could leave this <laughs> I was like
2: no this song rips and then, I, and then an, I was
0: also like adamantly against one of Julia's <laughs> songs. I was like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Which is never. And I was happens. just like, my
3: parents are fighting. Like, <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> 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 not, but like, not. It was mostly easy. Those are like maybe the two. Yeah. Just things that we were working on and it wasn't clicking. Like, mm-hmm. a bunch of the songs on the record made so much sense. And then, yeah, some of the stuff just fell by the wayside because it wasn't grabbing our attention or just, like, it
3: didn't feel fun to try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Or that's kind of how I felt about those ones. Yeah, I felt like the homework never stopped. I don't have a lot of tolerance for, like, finding tones and finding spending eight hours trying to find the perfect guitar tone, but I won't rest until it's perfect. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what happened is, you know, we'd record a song and then I'd six months later be like that one sample is wrong and I had to go back into the studio and fix it. Mm -hmm. It just takes me longer, I think. Does that make sense? Phoebe,
2: doing Gustave Flaubert with your song. I was like, this is why you're great. This is why you are a goaded songwriter. Is because you're like, no. Because I, like adore your writing indiscriminately so I'm like quarantine it or whatever let Uh, me give uh, sorry (laughs)
3: uh, context which is that I had a lyric I had a quarantine lyric Mm -hmm. which of course like week two of COVID sounded great to me Mm -hmm. you know I think I was just like how weird and universal and strange and everybody's gonna know when this was written and then A year later, I was like, "How weird and universal (laughs) and strange every once in a while
0: this is written." I love the the option journey for it's an Emily. I'm sorry, it's the like I'm wide awake in quarantine is what it was, Mm -hmm. and then it was I'm wide awake. It's boring, (laughs) (laughs) which I I loved. I like it. Then I'm wide awake. It's too funny. Spiraling is what you chose.
3: It's too funny. I don't like a funny thing that undercuts. the rest of it, the like sincerity like of the when song. you're still thinking about the funny thing that was said while the next couple lines are happening, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Now wide
1: awake, and you don't talk. Some of like what is ex- exceedingly compelling about some of the songwriting here is that there is humor, like there is. Yeah comedy um 20 dollars one of my favorite songs and there's first of all like Julian in the cut I love I love to hear the big guitar some of the staff listened to this album together, and there were multiple times where people exclaimed, like, squealed, like, Julian! Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah! Riffs! Like, they're, they're, like, it's like, take that came, in for a second. She came in and she was like, We shall shred. Privately, people are
0: cheering to you, shredding. Dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There were squeals, there were yelps of Julian is shredding. Um. <laughs> But that song has so many fun, like, hilarious one liners that just get, like, casually thrown in there. That there are so many hills to die on <laughs> is a personal favorite.
2: Also, the flower gun thing. I feel like I want to... You're
1: yeah, like, well, can you tell me about this song? Like, where did this come from?
2: Yes. I want to talk about the guy, that image, that picture. It's like a revolutionary image. I wish I remember the photographer's name. Y'all know that famous photo? It's
0: a Vietnam protest
2: Vietnam image. protest. The guy sticking the daisy into the military police. Uh-huh. That person is not just some random guy who showed up... On the college campus, he was, like, lifelong dedicated. He was, like, a drag performer performs like, named Hibiscus. Uh (laughs) And, like, was, like, out here doing all this stuff. And that line is about my mom being, like, ideals don't pay the bills. Uh And I'm, like, but I'm in this band now. And we get to be, like, I do have the power now to talk about my ideals. Uh And there are so many hills that I want to die on. Uh There's so many things to dedicate myself to. Because, you know, when you're, like, a little kid and people are, like, be what you want to be. And then you get to, like, 14 and they're, like, but actually get a salary so that you can afford to have health care and not die from debt or horrible disease. Mm-hmm. Um, kills something in you of believing that a better world is possible. And it's, like, it's not. I mean, wait. It, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>
3: okay. Julian's leaving. Again, again. physical comedy in this podcast. <laughs> 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 She's A better
2: is world is possible. It is possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, and then I didn't know how to finish it. And Lucy solved the puzzle.
0: How did you solve the puzzle? Julian brought the first verse and the, just the atmosphere of that, like the idea of that, and like the atmosphere of the chords too, actually, just... Felt really visual. Mm-hmm. And so, like, writing the second verse is just like more scene setting and just kind of like moody and angsty. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, all that you just said is true is like someone being like, it's not worth it to die-, die for an idea, and you being like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's worth it to and live so, for an idea, though. Yeah. It so is then like, it's just yeah. like mm-hmm. being fun, like, just being playful about the idea of something that is actually very serious. I think to all of us and to many people, which is, you're gonna die. So when you look back on your life, like, yeah. well, why not have uh, done things and sacrificed things that were meaningful? Yeah. And
2: also, that, like, the beginning of that song is cute and playful because it's about, like, running away. Um, Lucy's story about getting a broom stick and actually putting a <laughs> handkerchief on it and trying to run away
1: and and you tried to run away from home I told my parents
0: I was like obsessed with the idea of <laughs> running away and was like I'm gonna run away just letting you know I was mm-hmm. like seven was like, I don't want you to be worried I'm gonna be okay mm-hmm. and they were like mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so one day I got a broom handle and a handkerchief and tied it to the end of the broom handle and I walked to my friend's house in the same neighborhood <laughs> and was like I'm gonna live with you now <laughs> And then <laughs> her mom just called my mom, <laughs> but the and was like Lucy was lives here amazing. now. But to the walk, leave the house to, yeah. to be like and because to, you were serious. I was
2: serious. You were like this is it. Yeah. I'm going out on my own. It's. A- That was me being like, I'm going to go to Amtrak and go to New York, and me and my best friend in seventh grade are going to run away right now, riding my little Mm -hmm. mongoose BMX bike Mm -hmm. down Highway 70. And then the police are like, you're a block from home. Mm -hmm. Your mom (laughs) just called us. What's happening? Mm -hmm. It's like that kid... Is running away because they have dreams that are bigger than their power, than the power that's available Mm -hmm. to them. Right. And then when you grow up into a world that is hostile to you and you don't have power for different reasons, you start to feel infantilized and made childlike in a different way. And so it's Mm -hmm. like rejecting that a little bit. Yeah. And also like taking care of little Julian that wanted to like run away.
1: Is it a sports movie or a sex movie? Find out on Critics At Large from The New Yorker. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. It is really kind of affecting to me to see you talk about your former selves and like grow. Within the lyricism, but also the music. But also, I feel like I'm watching you evolve as humans in your music. And you know, I think about even like "Letter to an Old Poet," which is like very clearly Phoebe. To me, it references me and my dog explicitly. I was reading this old interview with you where y- you said something kind of like jokey and off the cuff about how how like you should steal from as many people as possible um in order <laughs> in order to in order to like best to say the things that you want to say. And I'm kind of curious in both like the writing of that song, like how does it feel to like acknowledge your past self and and in, in a contemporary way and your past writing in a contemporary way? But then also, like, what are you stealing from each other Um, Mm, in the making of music? I think I struggle a lot with compassion
3: or empathy for my past self, Mm -hmm. or I have. And especially when I was writing Me and My Dog, I was just feeling like those feelings were going to be forever. Like there was just a way that I was always going to be. And it's been such a relief to grow up and realize that that's not true so that the sequel or whatever kind of just feels like holding the hand of my past self into the future or something yeah i don't know it's weird but but i feel like the songs that i contributed to this album kind of do that even with punisher like even with my last record i feel like they're continuations of the things i was thinking about then and now they're just kind of like more evolved, and I have some perspective on that time. I think I think Punisher and me and my dog are kind of like perspectiveless whirlwinds of emotion. And the three songs on this record that I started is like, I don't know, just like looking back and being like, damn, wow. Wish mm-hmm. I could have, wish I could have told myself like, what is going to be tight mm-hmm. about the future? You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but something really special to me about Letter to an Old Poet is that I was like, I want to do the. I want to be emaciated line, but I want it to really hit. And and it has to be like, I was like, it it should mean like fulfilled and like something else, but not in a corny way. And it should be a word that hits as hard as emaciated and it should feel like. And uh, Lucy was like, happy. (laughs) (laughs) Which feels like.
0: And then you sang you – you, we were, like, in the midst of writing, and you had a guitar, and you played it, and my heart broke. <laughs> the I want to be happy was the saddest thing I've h- ever heard you sing. I was about to say
2: <laughs> – I, I feel like I've told you this personally before, but that hearing – I listened to that song a bunch because hearing you sing a lyric because I know about how you write and, like, like you're not going to put a lyric you don't feel tr- – genuine about and i was like this person actually desires to better themselves and be but happy I needed
3: you guys to shift my perspective also which i think is beautiful like it was true immediately coming out of my mouth but you had to give it to me
2: yeah
0: i i don't know if i've said this to y'all but i feel like that line is a favor to me that y'all mm-hmm. have given me because i need to hear Wait, you say i was that. gonna tell oh. you that hearing you say you
2: want to be happy made me want Okay, everyone's holding myself. hands for I those who <laughs> don't I'm I'm close to crying. Yeah, me too,
3: honestly. Because okay. like people sometimes ask, like, how does it feel to sing songs in front of a bunch of people that are so dark? And I know that you guys get that exact same question. And mm-hmm. I I have like not even really felt like that in the studio a lot, but I felt like in that in the studio with that oh song. My God, your mm-hmm. take. Also, the my other favorite thing about that lyric is like we were just talking about i'm wide awake it's boring mm-hmm. not fitting and being i want to be happy doesn't fit enough mm-hmm. for it like adds a level of i'm kind of even sick of writing this song you're, yeah. to you're trying to find lines. a emaciated less convoluted five, way emaciated it's very satisfying and and like and like rhythmic and i want to be happy mm-hmm. just like <laughs> Full stop. you're literally yeah. quitting you're quitting writing the song in the way that yeah. feels good even anymore.
1: <laughs> well, can can we talk about the dreaded um, sad girl rock <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. descriptor? Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we probably all share the same frustration, which is that, like, feelings get canonized by gender um, and... Other things that are like not have nothing to do with the music. Phoebe, to your point of like people asking you, how does it feel to go up and play a bunch of sad songs or depressing songs? To me, a lot of this music is tied to hope. Like, how do you deal with that kind of descriptor?
3: I think I actually talked for too long about the differences between Punisher and and the themes on this record. and, And that really is just it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I think I think the hope of my mood in these songs and, like, the hope that you guys bring to my life um, rocks. That was all I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: um, <laughs> yeah, more hand-holding. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of hand-holding. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't write sad songs, so I can't contribute to this.
2: That's not true. <laughs>
0: oh yeah That's name, right? name, a, name a sad song I've written We're in Love is the saddest song I've ever are written are you serious yes That's,
3: 100%
1: uh, you write a lot of yeah. sad love don't need songs to, are
3: you kidding? <laughs> you don't need to be like the hopefulness of that song is the most fucked up thing imaginable you know what I mean like it's <laughs> okay, like okay 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 it's not a dirge it's a I think that even your perspective on that song and our perspective on that song in 10 years will look back and be like poor buddy <laughs> like, you, you know?
0: But has, the, I just, like, I don't want to mix up emotionality and sadness. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and even, like, you were about to say thumbs. Like, yeah, I guess please you're right. Stay is obviously. Yes, like, that is a little
2: sad. You tell
0: me you love me, like, it'll be the last time.
3: Yeah, but I think you could say that about any of our yeah, discography as well. Mm-hmm. Like the listener is adding a certain amount of like their own projection, their own projection to it too.
0: One, yeah. I mean, I think that sad girl indie rock. <laughs> <laughs> <a cute>. um, <laughs> um, <laughs> like I basically, I'll just say this little tidbit, which is, I think that um, it's a big emotion that people can take in and relate to, but it's also powerless, and so it's palatable. Like anger would mm-hmm. be more powerful, mm-hmm. but angry, like like angry girl music. Angry. Like kinda gets <laughs> cast as like horny. Yeah. Know? It and is maybe true. maybe there's just not that much there is good Angry Girl music, obviously.
3: Bloody motherfucking asshole by Martha Wainwright about her dad.
0: Whoa.
2: You bloody motherfucking asshole. Are you bloody asshole? Mother-
3: Isn't that tight? I mean, that I, is freaking tight.
0: Mm,
2: I was—I was immediately Apple. went to like. Fiona,
3: yeah.
0: I bristle at the idea of being like a neo wet dream. like yes. Of <laughs> being like a girl, like femininity, like feminism. Well, I shouldn't get into this, <laughs> like no. you know, like feminism at a, on an on a shirt at Target. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, yeah like, I, like the want to is steer lo- so clear yeah. of that. And the sad girl, I don't know why. It just there's they're they're in the same soup, and I, I don't know. <laughs> also, it feels
2: like the argument is trite at the point that it's been discussed so much about like why there's a double standard for uh-huh. like women disclosing emotion and it being always interpreted as sadness instead of just emotionality. But then I'm also like, who's not... Life is suffering. <laughs> like, that's the first noble truth. So it's like, what... Like, who's not out here? Like, why? Yeah. that genre doesn't exist. It's music. Yeah. It's about, like, three things. It's about, like, love, politics, and suffering.
1: I, I will end on, on, like, the power of friendship. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is that... I think through, through this music, it is very, very clear how close you all are and how much you are leaning on each other in a very positive way. Um, in the pandemic, I like revisited Bell Hook's communion. I don't know if you've read that, but like really just like how much creative, romantic friendship matters. I'm wondering what you have learned from one another about being a better friend.
0: This is a low blow for you to ask.
1: This is,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> Again. Didn't you say they were
2: cueing us? Super group had. therapy.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: a light, a light to leave. I think showing up and continuing to show up goes a long way. That seems really obvious, but um, our, our time is scarce. And so when y'all give me your time and I give it back, that is in itself a lesson in, like, how closeness happens, you know? Like, it's not just, like, you want it and so you have it. It's that you actually have to show up and make the time and the space. And I think part of showing up is, like, inviting each other in almost a nosy way Mm -hmm. into each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. just having the confidence to ask how we are. I think we all kind of, like, pull... Mm. each other from each other in a way that feels good
3: i think i've had to spend a lot of my life cultivating closeness and intimacy and friendship like i came from an abusive household and just the things that i learned about what it is to be close to people it was just like oh you just have to try really hard to connect or something and around the time that y'all came into my life i was thinking about that kind of for the first time and also like it was so nice to to be like oh i actually no question just immediately love you and care about you and it doesn't even feel like a choice you know what i mean like if if either of you had a crisis or wanted to talk it wouldn't be like that's what a friend would do and i mm-hmm. should do that it's like i want nothing more than to show up and and care
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, me. I was like, I better Ditto. think of something good. Uh, no, I think I've been asking for y'all's help more, or like just saying just a little bit more. But I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> I uh, I think for someone to be like I have trust issues is like who amongst us? But it's like, do you trust a person not to have to manage their perception of you? Can you be at peace? with them and like Mm -hmm. I feel so fiercely protective of both of you that I will redact pieces of myself and then I'm like no that's not actually what they want to happen I should talk about what is going on instead of try to like fix the internal issue and then bring it to you because I'm trying to do you the kindness of not adding to like whatever's going on like finding out that y'all are signed up for the difficult Stuff too makes the difficult stuff less difficult, and teaches me how to ask for help. Like you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um,
3: I don't know, man.
0: I don't know, man. (laughs) Something like that. Shit like
2: that. that.
1: Well, thank you for talking. Thanks for letting us talk at you. Yeah. And it it was beautiful. (laughs) Oh, dude, yeah. The Pitchfork Review is a production of Conde Nast. Boy Genius' latest album is called The Record, and you can read all about it on Pitchfork.com. Catherine Fenelosa at Rococo Punch is our senior producer. James Trout at Rococo Punch is our technical producer. Our engineer is Gabe Quiroga. Ryan Domble is our showrunner, and Jessica Gramulia is our music supervisor. I'm Pooja Patel. Thanks for listening.